Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. I know you've been thinking, what, what do we need more then another preview episode. And I'm about to tell you a preview episode about the ACC Coastal. Woo! Yay! You, you have the reaction that people get when they are not competing for a new car on The Price is Right, when they're like, a dinette set! Be like, oh, it has the a... Dinette set, the, the dinette set is a real... That's a real belt looper. Can right? I, have like I ever not t- like a pants drop the opposite of a pants dropper, right? right it's right. like putting on a second belt. It's a belt fastener. Have I ever told you about the worst um, showcase I've ever seen on The Price is Right? No. Um, so it was this older woman. She got to go first, and then this like USC student, this girl who was going to USC, she got to go second. So first showcase is just like three European vacations and you know they do it in the Price is Right style where they're like and after you're uh, done enjoying the city of lights you're off to Rome and this woman's just like yeah hell I'm old and I'm not going to have this opportunity again I'm bidding on that one which why would you not USC girl is definitely disappointed but she hangs in there because you know hopefully package two will also be of use package two and remember she goes to college in Southern California. Package 2 contains the following things. A brass baby crib, mm-hmm. a bunch of fake Hawaiian silk plants, and a snowmobile. <laughs> there are there are mountains nearby. That's true. There yeah. are babies nearby. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. and the babies um. can't get sick eating the fake Hawaiian silk plants. 
Yeah, I don't see what the pro. Listen, lady, times are tough. <laughs> times are tough. At least they didn't send you to Rome, Georgia. I'm pretty sure she's just like, yeah, I bid $75. I specifically don't want to win those prizes, please. <laughs> Is there some fascinating story wending out from this collection of objects that equals massive bartered wealth? Is this a barter challenge where they say, <laughs> we'll give you a brass crib, some silk plants, and a snowmobile, and in six months come back and you better have a mansion? MacGyver this shit, lady. E economic <laughs> MacGyver. This is the world's worst Fallout game. So, My yeah. supplies are silk plant. So we're talking about the worst, most confusing collections of things. <laughs> and yeah, here we are at the ACC Coastal. So Things I nobody mean, wants all that badly. <laughs> the ACC things Coastal is definitely the bad. much money. Yeah, it's the bad showcase on The Price is Right. We're like, oh, yeah, oh have you not, have, it's have not you ever terrible. Uh, I mean, if you ever looked at what a mishmash of unrelated properties this really is. <laughs> yeah, this is somebody who is not out in the Monopoly game, but is not doing great. UNC lost to Waterworks? God damn it! I'm going to build hotels on Miami. Well, <laughs> well Miami's first in first pain, of all, as usual. Yeah, those are going to be repoed. UNC's going to jail soon. Mm -hmm. We've been hearing for about 30 turns now. Yep, yep. And Duke, that, uh, Duke I, in, in true blue form, is either the richest or least rich of the <laughs> schools, depending on your perspective. Wake is saving yeah. up for a purple top. Yeah, yeah. Wake is, everybody just rolls over Wake. Wake is the, the property that you're like 18 turns in, you're like, wow, nobody owns Wake. Interesting. I know that you know Monopoly is the most conflict- uh, the opposite of a verse. Oh, if you, yeah, if you want to make a kid cry, play Monopoly. If you want to make an adult so furious, they think about going to the trunk. <laughs> they think about actually going to get the kitchen knife and put it at your shoulder. Hey, you know the stress. because it's not that serious. You know not the stress Uno. of managing money? What if we made that a game? <laughs> Wait, what if you could, what if we could take the worst aspects of capitalism and then put family tension <laughs> behind it? Right. And whatever you know, should have divorced you know, you know, mom, pay me. It would be really cool as if you were in debt to me. <laughs> and it just it, it just great. kept spiraling. Yeah. It's good. My my uh, my, dad, my, my wife my is dad mild mannered first. and she flipped the table one time because of Monopoly. Wow. Refuses yep. to play it to this day. That's good. My dad would my dad would do the thing where he would refuse to sim the game. Right? No, no, no. You stay until you're finished. Monopoly. Very poorly beta tested because it can last for days. It's like a cricket match. It can just go for days and days. And additionally, if you were completely broke, his version of mercy was to allow you to continue to spin around the board, but you couldn't do anything and you had to be bankrupt. And he would remind you every turn. He's like, well, you're bankrupt, so you can't do anything. But go ahead and roll the dice. Go ahead. Enjoy life as a homeless person in this Monopoly world. <laughs> There is no um, Salvation the, Army. I bought it and closed it. Is he like nickel and diming you the whole way around? Like, okay, you'd need to you'd oh, need yeah. gas money to make that trip. <laughs> which which oh, eating along the way? If you hit free parking, guess who got it? He did. <laughs> I mean, he was like going. for the he company was, store. He was garnishing your wages in Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's a good Plan lesson. On going to college? Not happening. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, kid. You're stuck in Atlantic City. You're going to be selling pencils on the boardwalk. Um, 
We have some callers that we're going to intersperse in the show today, and I'm just warning everyone now because I don't know when and exact when and where they're going to happen. But we have three callers who all were gracious enough to uh, leave us a voice message and explain why they listen to our podcast, even though they don't watch or really consume college football anywhere else. Uh, they also have predictions for three of the teams in this division, which honestly will probably not be vastly better or worse than ours. Probably better. Probably better. Um, Spencer, why don't you why don't you pick a team? I'm gonna just start with maybe my favorite team in the entire division. And man, I can feel you cringing, loading up to this, because uh, otherwise, I think this is a despicable institution that should be leveled. But it's very hard to not like Duke for this reason, because Duke has David Cutcliffe, and for some reason, David Cutcliffe. All David Cutcliffe does is uh, win six games and be an annoying dick. But you have to really, like, watch them play. Watch, watch Duke play at any given year. They're so well coached. They're so obviously outclassed in terms of the athlete on the field. And he's so mean. He is so mean. They call so many plays that are basically, you thought we were going left, but we're going right. And you're like, and, it didn't work. But he's like, yeah, but you didn't know. Yeah, and then the counter will be, thought we were going left, and we actually went left. And when it works, it's the most frustrating thing to watch. Like, if you're one of those guys who's like, man, that quarterback rolled out when I didn't think he was going to roll out. And I thought he was going to roll out, but I said, no, nah, I wasn't going to roll out. But he did, like that old man cribbage kind of football. Yeah, that's that's cut click ball It's here. like watching, it's like, like if, a, if, a, if a pretty good Madden player was playing you in real college football. Exactly. Right. Okay. Like if they were like, okay, I'll just use basic stuff and beat you with like eight plays. That's what Duke does. Can it's we like, can we play a quick game of who's older? I have David Cutcliffe and a collection of other things, and I want y'all to guess if he's older than these people and things. I would love to play that. All right. You ready? Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Who's older? Pierce Brosnan or David Cutcliffe? Mm, Pierce I'm Brosnan is sixty four. Trick, trick question. Now he is sixty four. Yeah. Why do you know that? I will say, I know that because uh, because he was in a celebrity gossip item I read on the plane this morning. <laughs> okay. The celebrity Damn. gossip item was this, that he was on the beach, and later on he put on a shirt when he was on the beach. Shit. That was the whole thing. Hot, hot news. Looks pretty good for 64. Uh, he, looks better than David, he looks better than David Cutcliffe, who is younger than Pierce Brosnan. Correct. Damn, you got scooped, Ryan. Gino Oriema, who's older? Mm. It's hard because I think Gino's got some uh, got some hair color supplementation going on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is that correct? I'm going to say Gino Oriema is younger than David Cutcliffe. Gino Oriema is slightly older than David Cutcliffe. Oh! Reba McIntyre, who's older, Reba McIntyre or Cut? Well, she's ageless, ageless and immortal, so right, right. I guess that makes her older. Yeah, right. Invalid. In I choose C. Cutcliffe is older, but not a lot. Vladimir Putin, who's older? <laughs> oh, cut, cut's older than than Putin. Come in, on, in, right? Incorrect. No. Correct. And last one, Play-Doh. What's older, Play-Doh? Or David Cutcliffe. <laughs> well, what Play-Doh are we talking about? Who could, 
who could who could win at least five games with Plato at quarterback is that's, the real question. That's true. I'm going to say that Plato is older than David Cutcliffe. David Cutcliffe is older than Plato. <laughs> Dang it. Um, yeah. What's Duke going to do this year? I have no idea. I, I, I'll be honest. All my Duke prep was, went into that game. I can't tell you anything about Duke football. <laughs> I don't even know what the schedule looks like. I rely entirely on y'all for that. So the schedule uh, is uh, a little harder than usual. Like Duke's schedule is usually pretty bland and boring. This year you're playing FSU. You're playing Northwestern, a good Northwestern, and you're playing some team named Baylor. Never heard of them. Um, and it was a pretty young young team last year, but nothing, you know, nothing really jumps out on the list of what's returning. Um, I, I think it's a little harder schedule than usual, but otherwise standard Cutcliffe Duke probably. Well, Daniel Jones at quarterback, you have to know one player, right? Let's know one player. Daniel Jones at quarterback coming back. The first year started last year. Did real well. Like, he almost had a 3,000-yard passing season, right? And you have to kind of, like, know those, um, notice those when they happen uh, in the ACC. Because quietly remember, uh, the ACC ends up with really good quarterbacks. I mean, that was, like, when you talk about, and this is throughout the Coastal, too, when you talk about, wow, like, a resurgent ACC, uh, they had good and experienced quarterbacks, including first-rounder Mitch Trubisky. Mitchell, Mitchell, ACC you son Coastal of a bitch. Mitch died in that fire. Mitchell's the one who walked out. That's right, and into a first-round NFL contract. So make fun <laughs> of Mitchell all you want. Mitchell's buying a pool, um, all right, for his mom. My goal for this Duke team, looking at the schedule now, is to do the thing where you s- – Sandwich together a bad loss and a good win back to back. And I don't really care which order it is because looking at it here, I'm thinking like you beat Miami and everybody's like, oh, God, Duke just beat Miami. Like we should take this Duke team seriously. That's bad for Mark Rick, et cetera, et cetera. And then turn around and lose to Virginia and be like, Duke, what are you doing? Or if you want, you know, um, beat Georgia Tech, be like, oh, boy, that's a bad loss for Paul Johnson. Didn't didn't need that. And then turn around and lose to Wake Forest. Duke, what are you doing, Duke? That's what I want. Oh boy, that's well, an even worse loss for Paul Johnson. Didn't need that. <laughs> here's what here's what I want out of Duke. By the way, I want them to be the most stressful team in the division, right? Uh, that's all I want out of them because they have good receivers. They got the only returning quarterback in the division. By the way, the only one coming back who started every single game last year, but. I want them to be the most stressful team in the division. So uh, I think, yeah, standard cut cliff. If you're looking at the schedule, uh, you have you have some potential for real, as you hope for, Ryan, real genuine chaos on this schedule, right? Um, that stretch to finish is kind of rough. The second half of the season uh, ain't fun at all, uh, particularly because it starts with Florida State, Pitt, and Virginia Tech, three in a row. Uh, but if they can get through this six and six bowl eligible and make everyone sweat and win a couple of shootouts. Yeah. Like I'll, I will always watch Duke football because Duke football is uh, swaggy old man football played so you, from uh, the quarterback out. So you will always watch Duke football, but you will never watch Illinois football. You are a man of yeah, confusing, yeah. S- confusing brain chemistry. It's a system and it works. That's all I got to say. 
All right. So what's your what's your record prediction? Six and six. Jason? Um, I'm gonna say they're gonna be a four and eight quality team, but somehow end up six and six because that's what Duke has done for the past five or six years. They just get two or three wins just uh, added via um, uh, uh, compound interest, I guess. So I'll go with five and well, seven. No, I'll split four and eight and six and six. Remember, this is the team that yeah did manage to like play that Miami game, right? When you have close games and you manage to stay close through like good execution and management. Sometimes you get zany endings to your games because they're close. So, yeah, I, I think I'll say six and six. Okay. Hello, this is Jordan from North Dakota. I'm calling in response to the email for the full cast news only um, responders uh, for the three questions that I received. Um, I'm going to respond. Uh, I listen to the shutdown full cast because life is all about futile gestures. Um, my irrational be- belief in college football is that the group of five will win something sometime, and that is important to someone. Again, futile gestures are important in life. And the most futile gesture of all will be the record of the 2017 Duke Blue Devils, which I will be, I believe will be five and seven, gaining them an APR bowl berth. Thank you very much. Jason, next team. Let's go with, let's get the shit out of the way early. We've been leaning heavy on the really, um, the, the star names. Let's, let's knock out Virginia. Let's just get Virginia done right away okay um <laughs> so, okay did make good I'll, news um, here <laughs> yeah i mean they have a coach oh <laughs> oh that's well, it. that's what you have to say he, thank you he returned we're are we glad he returned right. for another year it's not bad they have a right true. they have they have a bronco right correct they have a Bronco, and uh, it's all going to be about my favorite thing, my favorite storyline to preview, which is rebuilding, which means you can just kind of go, ah, next team. They really like, what, what can you hope for with Virginia besides improvement of any sort? Well, and, and uh, none of these games, I feel like, will really tell us anything about UVA or their opponents, because, like, Virginia, Indiana. Do you care about that game? Does that like mean anything in the larger, even in the medium scheme of things? UVA, not UConn. in the smallest scheme of things. I mean, shit. Boise State could beat UVA, and we'll just be like, well, they need to schedule tougher opponents. <laughs> they need to start <laughs> scheduling Power Five opponents, <laughs> like, if they want to be taken seriously. Like Bronco Mendenhall is great, and and hopefully he is putting a meaningful change into this program, but it's not this year, right? Oh no, no, oh, no. They were, they were, they were, they were two and damn 10 last year. And it was one of those years that, do you want to know how Bronco Mendenhall described it to David Hale in December? <clears throat> it was a year of discovery. That's, I mean, it could be a body in the woods. That's discovery. Yeah, this is sort of how you explain, like, your business that went bankrupt. We learned a lot. This, I think this this means Bronco kissed a boy for the first time. <laughs> this was Bronco's rumspringa. 
Yeah, this is this is his. I've, I went to Charlottesville and I experimented a bit with losing games. Yeah, I mean, ten of them. For context, their defense was about on par with Syracuse's in yards per play allowed, and their mm -hmm. offense was about on par with Wake Forest's. So imagine that combinate that wonder mm. twin power. I, what if you could have the worst of Wake and the worst? Oh my God! Just no. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> so this year, I think, I think UVA might have the country's most boring out of conference schedule. Yes, which that's that's something to cool to hang your hat on. That's Put that a, on I, the on no, the I, I appreciate that. Theme. I appreciate that. That even if those games are an, close, we don't have to pay attention to them. You got an FCS game. You've got the new boring Indiana. This isn't chaos Indiana anymore. This mm -hmm. is defensive coordinator Indiana. You got UConn. Good God, you got UConn. And then you're going to go lose to Boise State. That is, that is very boring non-conference schedule. Yeah. Um, I have no goal for Duke. None. I'm not going to pretend to make one up. Or for UVA, rather. I just... UVA, do whatever nah, you want. No, just call them Duke. D Duvier. That's what Duke. Duvet. That's what I'm calling you. Duke and Virginia... You are now one school, and you're called Duvet. Listen, if the two of you um, conspired to produce Richard Spencer, you don't deserve your own names. <laughs> they lost. They lost their number one rusher. They have. They have my favorite combination of rushers in terms of names. They have Daniel Ham and a new running back named Jamari Peacock. So we can run the so Peacock Ham formation. The delicious Peacock. The Ham Peacock. Uh, that's the most what we delicious that, backfield. That, of course, is what's served at the NBC Christmas party every year. Don't tell John Madden <laughs> about this. <laughs> I really wish I could do a Madden impression. I but think you were so about sad. to do Yoda. It sounded like. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mike, I'm about to do Mike Prada. Same thing. <laughs> um, all right. So, how many games are are the Who's going to win this year? I'll, I'll go oh, five can I give and you seven. one more? Five, I, wait, 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 wait. No, Spencer, what? Whatever, what? You're, whatever you're saying is not important. Five and seven. Which five? Yeah, I I think the defense will be way less terrible. They had, Their defense was among the world's worst last year, and it returns, you know, I mean, yes, we go. We always go through this, like, it's returning bad players. Well, that's better than not returning anyone. So I think the defense oh. should be way less terrible. Uh, and I think part of this is the ACC Coastal rule. Nobody can be worse than five and seven. Right. Everybody has to be in contention in the last three weeks of the season. You're also going to do this. You're also going to come in, and you're probably going to hit, like, that noon game sometime in November when an ACC team's just, like, taking this week off. Louis gonna, that's gonna Just Louisville. take a nap, buddy. At Louisville. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, that's, that's one of those games. And you know what? It, they'll play hard. Dang it. And sometimes when you play hard, just the other team just makes a mistake and hustle makes I'm spotting cliches. This is like a four and eight team. Four and eight, five and seven. <laughs> and no and four no, and eight. And no aspirational goal. Great. Um yep, one more thing. They don't have a kicker. <laughs> Bad teams need kickers. Let's, they don't have one. Let's talk about the U. Let's talk about Woo! the damn Miami Hurricanes. Um Weird year last year. Four wins out the gate. 
handled an Appalachian State team that you went to that game, Spencer, and I know we were did. we were like collectively looking at that being like, ooh, I don't know, might be it had no trouble with App State whatsoever. No, like much visibly much larger and more talented right, right. at every position. Um followed those four wins with four straight losses, including again blowing I think blowing a fourth quarter lead against Lord State. Did that again? Though so mm-hmm. that was fun. And threw garbage all over the field. So in some ways yeah. the U is back. And then turned around and won their last five games of the year. They had no close wins. They did have three close losses. Uh, Virginia Tech was the only team that really kicked their ass last year. So on par, it feels like a pretty good year for Miami in a new in a new leadership, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't, just, they, they, they looked a lot like a Mark Rick team. They did. Well, like they played, they now, now it's depressing. Now you made it bad. They did like they 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 looked physically ta- like more talented than most of the teams they played. Um, they coughed up a couple of weird losses and um, overall looked like good but not great. And I mean, isn't that kind of it's kind of what you hired? And so then, yeah. And then Brad Kai left, and uh, where is he now? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you, but I am gonna look it up. I know that one of the people on the depth chart to replace him, well down in the depth chart, but still there is redshirt junior Vincent Testaverde. Um, Brad Kai is a Detroit Lion, which means he is reunited with his former college coach. That's sweet. That's fun. Oh, buddy, um, it is nice. And it's what's fun is that at you know when Brad Kaya entered the draft, just declared he was leaving early, didn't really shoot up draft boards. Part of me was sort of like, man, did he fuck up? Brad Kaya went in the sixth round of the NFL draft, and he uh, he signed a four-year contract for $2.5 million. In NFL, in NFL terms, that is not a lot of money. I would sign a contract with the Detroit Lions for four years and $2.5 million. Absolutely, Tomorrow. It wouldn't be a good long-term move for me, but you know what? That's f- that's two and a half million dollars. Fuck anybody who like thinks the... Brad Kaya left too early. That was brilliant. I like wouldn't be a good move for me, implying it would be for them. Like, yeah, sure, <laughs> they get a lot out of this deal, but I'd be screwed. <laughs> so Miami returns, like, yeah, they got to replace a quarterback, and there isn't a clear, great answer, but they return basically everything else. Um, they should be really good on defense and the schedule is not bad at all other than the annual FSU loss. Um, I think if there's an answer at quarterback, it could be 10 and two. If not, it could be seven and five. Um, but I think I trust Mark Rick there to go to, we'll say nine and three is yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like that, especially because they have a really strong D line. And remember what we said, that it's a really strong D-line in a conference where nobody else really has a quarterback either. So I like that. I think they could win a lot of, like, 24-10 kind of games where they God, just that is Mark Rick. That is Mark Rick as hell. Yeah, definitely. Like, this is – I always thought that was one thing that he did pretty well at Georgia. If you put expectations on him, things went sideways. But if you kind of just chilled out, right, that they always kind of, you know, managed to trumpet pretty well, right? So – it's, yeah, I, I like. 
I like him at nine and th I like him at nine and three. That's fine. The three losses to me that if you look on the schedule, um, the three losses seem to be that they would lose to anybody who had the ability to actually score. They'll lose to Florida State. I think that they'll probably end up losing either to like Syracuse or North Carolina because those are both teams that they'll just score points. They're just going to. They might hand you the ball four or five times, but they're going to score points. And then maybe that last matchup at Pitt. That's a hard. That's a hard road game against a mean team and a mean team that like, you know, kind of matches up. Like they look similar in a lot of ways. Well, so plus, yeah, I'm, I, I. Plus, you have to go from late November in Miami to late November in Pittsburgh out, outside. Yay. Yeah. This is, this is a real, a, a real truth, a real truth about Miami football. And you're like, man, they don't play well in the cult. No, man, they do not play well no. in the cult. No, but why what would you? The date? What's the date of that trip to Pitt? Uh, uh, November 26th. Uh, okay. Excellent. So that'll be a game where Miami is shirtless before kickoff. Like, we ain't scared of the of this of the snow flurries. No, this ain't I'm, shit. And I'm sorry. Actually, November, actually, it's November 24th, so it's not. It'll be on short rest too. Hooray! We ain't cold. We ain't sleepy. You get hit. I'm very like, cold. Oh my god! My I'm very cold. I want to go to sleep, please. <laughs> um, my goal for Miami this year is expand your use of the smoke machine. Like it's great to use when you come out of the tunnel to start the game. But why not every time you change a – like, every time special teams comes out, smoke machine. Offense takes the field, smoke machine. Time for the defense, smoke machine. Just, like, beat that shit into the ground. It's it's It'll be so intimidating, and they won't exactly – it'll take them a little while to figure out, like, wait, what are they lining up in? Shit, goddamn smoke machine beats us every time. My goal for Miami this year, I need a fight in the Florida State game. They do that. I mean, oh, oh, you mean? Oh, sorry. You mean a literal fight? I, I was gonna say like, no, they contend, but that's not what you meant. No. No, no. I mean a fight. No, okay. I mean like a pregame, a pregame fight where somebody swings a helmet. Right. Right. And we. And Mark, Rick, and Mark Rick says says, oh, what a shame! I can't believe our student athletes did that. That's just. And sure, some, man. And some feckless ACC ref is like sideline warning. Sideline warning! <laughs> nah, you get, Ron Cherry, you get Ron Cherry out there to call that one. <laughs> he calls like pass interference in the middle of a fight. Spencer, <laughs> next team. I'm going to go ahead and uh, spin the wheel of the Coastal, and we're going to talk about the bees, baby. Let's talk about the bees. So we, we joke about Georgia Tech being like very boring and sort of uh, a known quantity, but this is what they've done the last three the last three seasons they played. They've been at least four games better or four games worse than the year before. Like you can joke about wow, oh baby. oh the ACC's everybody seven and five. Georgia Tech says fuck that. They went from seven wins to eleven wins to three wins to nine wins. This is a fucking roller coaster. It's amazing. And that's my only goal yeah. for them this year is do the same thing. Win the national title or win two games. Either way, just like go hard in one direction. It's binary, baby. That's all it is. Zero or one. That's all you're getting out mm -hmm. of check. Yep. You yep. get chocolate or you get vanilla. <laughs> that's, how we pro that's how we program this univac. Do you do twists? No, man, we don't like do twists. Get the fuck out of here with that twist nonsense. 
do you guys run do you guys run like you know python or anything no nope, running this off pure like cobalt that's how we program this machine um georgia tech well they get to start the season with the opportunity to rack up i think their fourth this would be their fourth straight win over an sec opponent if they beat Tennessee, fourth, fourth different, yeah, fourth, fourth different yes, SEC yes, because they opponent. beat last year. They beat Georgia. I think they beat Vanderbilt, and in the bowl Kentucky. game, they beat Kentucky, right? Yep. So and we support, and we support, we support this. By the way, I think as a group, because it would mean a loss for Butch Jones and a beginning, a beginning of the great butchering. Right. Plus, butchering. We, plus, then we can we can even more credibly say that. Georgia Tech is the best team in the SEC East. I um, they never really I've taken left. this one step further. <laughs> in uh, I did preliminary bowl projections uh, last week based on based mostly on Vegas win totals, and I made sure to line Georgia Tech up with Mizzou in Shreveport just to check off another on this box, <laughs> on this on this list. Oh God, Florida will never <laughs> um, schedule them. Fortunately, so our nah, safety remains. Nah. I um tech schedule kind of sucks this year. You got to go at Miami, at Clemson. Um, I wrote this down. It's got to be a typo at UCF. At is UC- that right? No, at UCF is correct. That's a terrible idea. What? You're also going at you're you're going at Georgia. Granted, that game is at your stadium, but let's be honest, <laughs> that's at Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> you're, that's you're, also, game. you're also playing. You're also playing at Tennessee. Sure, that's in your hometown. That's at Tennessee. Um, no, that might have mo- is- that might have mostly Georgia fans too. Let's be real. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just show up. I hate y'all. <laughs> I hate everything about this. <laughs> Not my president. Um. Yeah, it could be. A, you know what? But I don't think schedules matter to Georgia Tech. I don't think any of it matters. I think it's just. I was telling Spencer they are, truly are the twenty-sided die of college football, where it's just like this year critical hit, next year roll to two, baby, look out! I ain't got any modifiers. Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, I could see it's something like really the- dumb happen. Like there could be so many moments for stupidity on the schedule. Like they could, they could just up and beat Pitt and North Carolina. And they could like beat a stunned Clemson team, and then just drop one to Virginia. Like that, this is all on board, man. This is all coin flip. So uh, I'm gonna have them barely missing a bowl game because this schedule is murderous. And when you look at obvious wins, I really only see like four obvious wins on this schedule, and the rest are coin flips. They might win one or two of those. So six and six, best case, five and seven. That's just that's kind of how to complete Ryan's pun. That is how they roll. Damn, that was good work. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like the first time we've done something well on this podcast. Good job. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go six and six with just a gigantic upset somewhere. Like Georgia's rolling it in. <laughs> Georgia's eleven and zero. Shit, Georgia's going down, bro. Six and six, and just destroy somebody's season. Hi, this is Trade Trees. Uh, just calling about why I listen to the podcast. It's uh, something I've been doing for a while now. I've always read EDSPS back when I started actually watching college football. I stopped watching football a couple of years ago, but I never left the site. It's uh, just good entertainment, and uh, we learn quite a bit, and it's fun. 
um, what's my rational belief about college football? Um, that it should be abolished, at least be a link between the school and the athletics. I don't know how irrational that is. And a Georgia Tech record. That's ACC, so six and six? I don't know. All right. Anyway, thanks, guys. Bye. Should we talk about Pitt? Always. Pitt, the most important team in uh, last year's college football season, undebatably. Yeah, should have been Everyone in the playoffs as we maintained. Um, you know, they're going to they're going to play Penn State again. So, hey, automatically get to impact potentially the Big Ten's representation in the college football playoff. That's fun. Um, they don't get to play Clemson or Florida State this year, but they do play Oklahoma State so they can fuck things up for the Big 12. Pitt is still in a position to let us make the ridiculous claim that they should be in the college football playoff, even if they only what win like if seven games. Say Pitt knocks the Big Ten out of the playoff. Um, Oklahoma State wins the Big 12, but oops, you lost to Pitt. So now they... And Pitt wins the ACC, but has like four losses. Right. And just single-handedly, Pitt knocks three conferences out, and we end up with like Bama versus a bunch of Pac-12 teams. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that, um, that I, would be I, worth I, it just for the hand wringing of people being like, "Well, you know, we need to we need to understand that Pitt scheduled hard, and we respect them, and blah blah blah." Also, I really don't want to watch Oregon in the playoff this year. Please, God, don't make me watch that. Television ratings are uh, mm, well. <laughs> we will. I will tell you. Next subject. I, I will tell you. I will tell you one thing about Pitt. That is, when you talk about okay, well, how can you roll this turtle over right in a game and put them in a real bad spot real quickly? You can pass on them. And here's the good news for Pitt: uh, air the air attack not not really going to be a strength in the coastal. So. They do have that sort of uh, strength and weakness there, right? It doesn't. Their weakness does not match up well against what the rest of the division is not or is not going to be able to do. So that's cool uh, because they were real bad in the secondary last year. So any improvement would be cool. Um, not that it's the most important thing. They also lost James Conner, and they have a good backfield to replace him. But you know that could matter. Uh, they are doing college football's hottest move, which is the transfer QB. They got Max Brown from USC coming in. Probably an upgrade, maybe an upgrade to Nathan Peterman. Eh. But I say maybe, and that's and Nathan Peterman was great last year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Nathan Peterman kept his job last year. So, like, I, I mean, it's an upgrade over the usual replacement, but I don't know if it's an upgrade over what they had. Um, it's a shitty metric, but. <laughs> Texas Tech gave up 316 passing yards a game last year. Pitt gave up 333. Yeah, there was only one Impressive. team that was worse, Arizona State. Again, everyone went to Arizona State, being wise people. <laughs> air, air, air mailed applications in because they know, they know what's up. Um, Acceptance rate through the roof. So, predictions for this season of... Pittsburgh Panther football. Um, so you lost all your players that anybody had heard of except for your kick returner. That's great. Um, but you're Pitt. 
So you're going at least seven and five. I'll say seven and five. Very tough schedule, but you're gonna fuck up somebody's day, and you're going seven and five. Spencer, I'll go a little bit better. I think this is you know a team that they could manage up to eight and four. There's definitely four losses on the schedule when you look at it, particularly because their road schedule is nasty. It's not a fun road schedule in any respect. And I mean fun too. Like they don't get to go anywhere. Like they get to go to Syracuse. Um. These Sorry, are, kids. These are the coaches that Pitt faces in the first three weeks. Bo Pelini, James Franklin, Mike Gundy. Jason Kirk, am I correct in saying that this will be the first year that a coach can get thrown out of the game for talking shit and cursing and causing a ruckus? Uh, second year. Second this year. happened last year. Right. We were shocked, even with Muschamp back. Pelini tried. Right. Pelini came pretty, pretty damn close. Not, not to be stereotypical, but he literally did. Um, so yeah, Narduzzi versus that list. Yeah, that's my goal. For, watch Pitt games. That's my goal for you, Pitt. Get one of those coaches thrown out of the game. What if it's Narduzzi himself? You know what? Take somebody with you. <laughs> okay. Be the dying, be the dying giant squid dragging the ship, the SS James Franklin, down to the depths with you. <laughs> Pitt would take that. Pitt would definitely <laughs> take that. Um, Spencer. I think we still have ACC Coastal teams to talk about. Oh, my God. We have so many ACC Coastal teams to talk about. I think we can do this quickly, though. Uh, Virginia, I want to do Virginia Tech. Yeah. Uh, easy goal for Virginia Tech this year. Convince uh, Start a media campaign that the SEC wants you to join, but you're not interested. Flip the script on them. I, I'm here to start it. Boom. Let's do it. There it is. I've heard, I've heard rumors. I'm hearing talk. See, second source. There it is. That's good journalism right there. I'll just say it's not out of the realm of possibility. Virginia Tech. That's not... my answer whenever confronted with that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. That's a very you're on the radio answer. That's a you're on local talk radio in Arkansas or something. <laughs> it's good. I would uh, I would point out that uh, they, they like their quarterback, which is cool because, again, if you haven't updated your software since 2015 – Virginia Tech now actually enjoys offense, and that's cool. Uh, receiving core is not real thick at the moment in terms of, of talent, and uh, they'll be able to run. They have a young quarterback. They don't have much helping them out, uh, and it's a uh, – I think can we still just do the, the – spackle this over by saying it's a Bud Foster defense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think it's sort of like Cracker Barrel at this point where you're like, it's not really going to like get better or worse. It just is what it is, and you know what you're getting when you go there. Oh, it's going to fill you up. It's going to fill you up. You're going to feel some regrets. You're going to wonder how old that lunchbox really is and if it's been cleaned. But you're fine. Occasionally, it's, occasionally it's going to give up more territory. I really, so You're going to give up more territory than you want. I really want the lunchbox to like fall open one day, and we're just like, oh, it's just full of gravy. Just, just gr gonna, hot gravy. It's gonna call you an ignoramus at some point, like it has on that little wooden <laughs> tabletop game. If you leave three pegs on there, it says you're just plain dumb. Bud Foster will do that. What are the? Be. What are the three funniest things that could fall out of the lunch pail? I want to go around. You each get one. Wow. What are the three things that you like? We'll each give one. The three things. That if they fell out of the Virginia Tech Bud Foster lunch pail, you would laugh hardest. Um, Bud Foster eight, signed eight by tens from his secret acting <laughs> career. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Jason? Um, something Marcus Vick. Uh... <laughs> Marcus Vick's guns. All of Marcus, Marcus Vick's v- guns. <laughs> I don't think they could. Let's go with Marcus Vick himself. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, ferrets. Sure. If we open up the lunchbox and like Dead or alive. three ferrets just ran out. Okay, a lot live ferrets. Um, <laughs> you know, he said, if it he was said like three tra- ran out, <laughs> right? Yeah, it would be. They would be live for the moment. But once Bud got them home, dang it, those little <laughs> rascals, his beloved pet ferrets that he's just been like his comfort animal that does, he's been carrying does, in the lunchbox. Does Bud Foster eat live ferrets? I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> Although if they were dead, we could think of him as like a hardy trapper, right? That's true. That Traps. he's been, you know, hey, on the way, you know, I, I walk to work every single day down from the mountain. I just take a little bit along the way. No. But you know, Foster, you got you got to hustle. Bud Foster's been talking about the French and Indian War a lot lately. What's that about? <laughs> How's the schedule looking? Uh, Well, they open with West Virginia. They get Clemson from the Atlantic. They have... Road games against East Carolina, sure. Uh, Boston, Boston College, Miami, and Virginia at the end of the year. It's, I guess, mixed baggy. It's very dependent on, like, is this a good West Virginia team the way every West Virginia fan thinks? Or is Bill Connolly right? Um, what does Clemson look like after losing Deshaun Watson? Is anybody else in the Coastal of any merit whatsoever. Is East Carolina the East Carolina that used to fuck your shit up, or are they just dead and gone? So, question mark? So, ECU, that's got to be your toughest true road environment. What is second after that? (laughs) (laughs) Is it Virginia because, like, your own fans will be there and they have pretty high expectations? Sure, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah so that's a, that's going to be a tough one to win at Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this I don't think the schedule looks this, this doesn't look that bad. Like on the face of things. This looks extremely manageable and if if they can just do like if they can just bring along their new quarterback, yeah, I I'm I'm kind of bullish on them, especially in a division that just doesn't seem like it seems a little bit down. Can I can I go out there with 10 and 2? Sure. I won't stop you. I don't mind that at all. Um, I'll go I'll go 9 and 3, but I agree that uh, if I had to pick one team to win this division, I'd go with the Hokies. Um, there's a lot to replace on offense, but it's like in really weird ways. Like the best runner was the quarterback. The best thrower was the fullback. You know, the... <laughs> the best catcher was like a seven foot twenty four tight end. That's so like, the that's the Alton Brown like, that's the Alton Brown approach to things. He hates you know when you have a one use kitchen item. You want you want your can opener to also be a flamethrower. You need those. It's important. It doesn't matter if it's bad at its primary task, just as long as it has more than one thing. I mean, it, it does sound pretty badass, and it sounds pretty <laughs> useful in in Blacksburg having like. You know, you you can do some really good camping if you had mm-hmm. a can opener flamethrower. Absolutely. But like transitioning a Frank Beamer offense to like a modern offense, like yeah, there's gonna be weird stuff like that. But I feel like they have um, le- fewer glaring issues than anybody else in the division. 
My name is Joe. I'm answering the question for Shutdown Fullcast. Number one, why do you listen to Shutdown Fullcast? Uh, it's the perfect college football podcast for me because I barely care about college football, and you guys barely talk about college football. Number two, what irrational beliefs about college football do you have? I believe college football is stupid because it's dominated by the South, and I don't think anything should be dominated by the South unless it's racism or obesity. Number three, what will Virginia Tech's record be in 2017? Judging by your show last week, I feel like Virginia Tech is not that good of a team, so I'm going to say they're probably going to go like 6-10, and 10, something like that. I'm not sure how many games they play in college football, but that sounds about right. Peace out. Let's finish it off with North Carolina. I really am going to I'm going to bet against North Carolina this year for one reason. I'm just going to take a game off of the potential win total because they they lost a national title winning coach over the offseason. Gene Gene Chizik. <laughs> Gene Chizik. National title holding coach. Decided to retire completely and uh, leave the game of football, which tells you maybe, I don't know, something about Gene Chizik, but a little something about the allure of the North Carolina job, that he did it for a while and then was like, I'm just going to quit. Just get out of this game. If it helps, um, they do have a coach still on staff whose name is Gunter, G-U-N-T-E-R, as in more Gunt. Mm, all the cunt you can handle. Jeez. Delicious Gunter. Um, uh, UNC loses. Man, UNC. This is a normal like the under Larry Fedora. They've been the. They've basically been like the quiet air raid team, right? Like we kind of sleep on what they are as an identity. They score a lot of points. They give up a lot of points, and that really worked well last year. See again, Mitchell. But they lose a lot on offense while returning a lot of stuff on defense. Uh, they need improvement because, man, they were they were awful against the run. They were deplorable. They were despicable against the run. And this year, uh, that would be a serious issue if that trend continued because uh, it's going to be a lot of running. That's not going to be a, a real pass-friendly sort of area. So let's let's just go ahead and... And one, assume that this is kind of an out-of-character year for them because they're going to be inverted from the way they normally like to do things. Yeah. Um, UNC is always a fucking confusing team, too, because what I want Georgia Tech, or, or what I want, um, what I want, uh, I think I said Duke to do this year, the, the alternate good and bad, that's what they do. That's what they did last year for sure. I mean, they... They beat a pretty good Georgia Tech team by 28 points. And then they turned around and lost to Duke. They they can yeah. beat this was a team that beat beat Florida State in a big game on the road and then lost to Virginia Tech by 31 points. Like they are mm -hmm. all things to all people. Um stability is not their strongest suit within the season. I don't know that that will change with if the NFL is right, maybe the best quarterback in school history leaving the team. The best quarterback in the country 
as determined by the National Football League. We did not realize at the time, we all swore it was Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson. We were all deeply incorrect. It was actually Mitchell Trubisky. Wow. And now you've lost him, and you've lost one of the six best coaches in the country based on national titles. And returner wide receiver Ryan Switzer, you also lose him from the return game, and he was oh, massive. You lost the they, whole receiving court. And so they, you've lost your entire passing game. And they open against Cal, a team still hurting from the loss of NFL superstar Jared Goff. Two straight NFL quality quarterbacks for Cal. So that game is going to be, uh, it, it'll look the same. No one will notice. No one's going to watch. Yeah. Um, but like, so, okay, UNC, the worry for the last two or three years has been the defense. Now you're replacing defense coordinator. And on the schedule, Cal, Louisville, Old Dominion, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. UNC is going to be giving up some points uh, again. I, I think yeah, uh, as far as record, I'll, I'll go all the way down to five and seven on the record. Ooh. I think the over-under is yeah. five but I'll bump it all the way down. Yeah, this doesn't this doesn't feel like when you look at sure wins here, I think they can beat Cal. I think they can beat Western Carolina. I think they can beat UVA. And I think that they can beat uh, Old Dominion. So that's four that we have for sure. And then you're just going to be kind of grab bagging here. I think that maybe some hustle can get you to six and six. So I'm not going to be quite as pessimistic. But this feels like the most stereotypically ACC team in that um, they could be between seven and five and five and seven. So I will just split them and land at six and six. Hi, Shutdown Fullcast. This is Dustin from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm one of the people who uh, listens to the Shutdown Fullcast despite not having not having any knowledge of college football. Uh, so I listen to the Shutdown Fullcast in kind of the same way as I listen to bad movie podcasts. Would I ever want to watch Transformers Dark of the Moon or an Illinois game myself, like of my own volition? No. But I will listen to but I will listen to funny people, you know, make fun of them and then form my own mental image of what both the movie and the football game probably look like. Uh as for what irrational belief do I have about college football, I've always kind of viewed college sports in general as something that people who maybe watch too many too much sports do uh kind of like how i play too many video games and you can probably tell that because i have three different mmos installed in my computer um sort of my basis for this is my dad who watches pretty much every sport that's televised and was my first introduction to college football he even watches nascar uh as for what will north carolina's record be in 2017 uh eight to four yep uh, i came up with that through simple math, just averaging their wins from the last five years. So I'm sure it will be just as accurate as that time I made a March Madness bracket despite having never watched college basketball. So, yeah, uh, I hope you found those uh, answers enlightening or at the very least amusing. And uh, keep up the good work, guys, and feel free to feed me disinformation occasionally just to keep me on my toes. Bye. UNC, all I want is Larry Fedora to show off the gams. Show off the haunches. Like, we get it. He has abs, and he, you know, he does pull-downs. It's great. But, like, let's see Let's see leg day, Larry. Let's see, some, let's see some glutes. Let's see some calves. Let's show some love for those of us who are not just thick up top. That's all I care about. I'm very focused on UNC football in 2017, as you can tell. Which, 
which coach has done the best job at um, remembering leg day? Uh, mm, let's see. I'm gonna. Oh, you know who it is? I'm I know gonna... who it is. I know the answer. It's 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 Whittingham. Whitting Kyle Whittingham's calves <laughs> are the stuff of a legend. Look it up. There are actually serious newspaper reports about Kyle Whittingham's legs. I was gonna say Jimbo Fisher because I feel like he's the king of the mid-game stress squat. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I'm just gonna get sad. real low. Just below. Oh yeah, below ninety. You know it. You know, I just saw a picture of Kyle Whittingham's calves, and honestly, like, I'm going to need a moment. They're beautiful. (laughs) Sculpted from only the finest Italian marble. And low-alcohol beer. 